Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. Well, good morning, everyone. We are in our second week of So You Want to Be Rich. Some of you moms are like, what have you brought me to, son and daughter? Um, You're like, not this kind of service. Um, Today, we are not talking about money, so you guys can rest assured we're not going to rehand the offering buckets out and run them back because we videoed everybody that gave and didn't give. Um, Nothing... Nothing like that. So um, all of you can rest assured. But, but really, this series is all about what's God told us to be rich in. Because um, last week, I talked about and broke it down the, uh, about our wealth compared to the rest of the world. And I've got good news for every single one of you in this place. More than likely, you're in the top 5% of the world's wealthiest people. Um, and so that means you are rich. So congratulations if you were feeling bad about yourself today. If you felt poor this week. You're not poor. You're actually rich. So if your kids ask you, are we rich? You betcha. We're rich. We are rich people. So there you go. A bunch of rich people I'm talking to today. Uh, But today I want to talk to you about, um, as, as we continue this series, I want to talk about something that all of us struggle with, um, whether you are a mom, whether you are a grown man, or you're a teenager, or you're a college student, you're old, you're young. Today, I want to talk to us about the subject of contentment. Contentment. Um, That is, this whole series, I think, is going to beat me up. Um, Contentment. Um, and, and, and really, I started thinking about, man, how do, how do we break this down? How do, we, how do we introduce contentment? And I always, I'm a big foodie. I think I talk about food every sermon. Um, but I, 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 most of us are probably going to go to a restaurant at some point today, maybe not for lunch, dinner, or something like that. Um, and, and today is one of the busiest days of restaurants for the year. And as you go to your restaurant, more than likely, you're going to have to wait for a seat. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, because what I like about waiting is I check everybody's food out while I'm waiting, right? Don't you do the same thing? You're like, ooh, what'd they get over there? And like, you've got your menu, but you're not looking at your menu. Like, you're looking and being like, that looks really good over there, and they look good over there. And, and your wife's like, eyes right here, eyes right here. No, I'm not, I'm just looking at their food, you know? Um, and, and... <laughs> <clears throat> you go, mm, that looks good. No, not, not, the food looks good, babe. The food looks good. Um, and so, um, and, and here's what happens. Inevitably, somebody in your party, that this happens. I, I don't know if it's, you were born into it, if there's something that's just, you're missing a chromosome or something, but some of us in this place, when you go to a restaurant, you can have the menu in front of you, you can see what everybody else has ordered, you can be one of the bold people that pokes your neighbor and say, what'd you get? Because that looks really good. Like, I'm that guy, I'm like, what'd you, what'd you order? Because that looks really good. Is it, is it good? or does it just look good? Because there's a difference between anything can look good. You can look fine, but be miserable, right? Some of you like fancy dinner. Um, any, that's a whole nother message. But um, you are, you, you kind of look at it and, and you can see all the food. You can have the menu. You can ask the waitress, oh, what, what, what should I get? Oh, this is the best thing. And you order it and inevitably it's bad. 
And, and it's not the food's fault. You're just a bad food orderer. That's, that's what it breaks down to. And, and this happens not all the time, but often in our house. And I know it's Mother's Day, but Casey, I think, would agree. She's probably the, the bad orderer of the two of us. And, and this is kind of, and I, I've seen, I've heard sitting there, because I love people watching. I've seen this go down. So moms, I know it's Mother's Day, but I'm going to pick on all the ladies here for just a second. Here's how it usually goes down when you've ordered something that you don't like. Her, oh, mine doesn't taste like I thought I would. Hmm. Fold your napkin and hmm. Him, oh yeah, sorry about that, babe. You'll just have to make the best out of a poor choice you made. Now that's how it should go. That's, that, that's how it should go. That's what he wants to, I don't care if you're date, first date, that's what he wants to say. Him, I'm sorry, do you want to order something different? No, it'll take too long, it's no big deal, I'll eat something when I get home, like I always do. Um. You're laughing because it's true. Him talking through his teeth. Do you want some of mine? <laughs> no, I, I don't want to eat your food. Yes, she does. And yet she thought you'd never ask. Um, she does want to eat your food. No, no, really. I, I want you to have it. No, he doesn't. Well, if you don't mind, and if you're not going to eat it all, that's an awful lot of food anyways, babe. And what he's thinking, I do mind, and I was going to eat it all. And this is how it goes down. And, and they get home, and the, the, the guy shared his food with the lady, and they go home, and he goes and he starts looking for something to eat. And what happens? He gets food shamed, right? Like, you're still hungry? You're still eating? Yes, he gave you all his food. <laughs> He's still hungry. And, and here's what, what, what it is, is that for a lot of us, we, we, we choose what we ordered and when it comes to our place and when it comes to our plate where we're sitting, it's not like we thought it was going to be and it's not as good as we thought it would be. And we look at our spouse or we look at our kids or we look at the person, our boo. If you're not married, you just call them your boo today, I guess. I don't know. My bae. Uh, but you look at them and there's so much slang now. I can't keep up with it. And you just, and, and, and you're like, oh, I wish that was mine. And, and it's one thing if that's how we acted in restaurants, but that's how a lot of us act in life. We just keep looking at what everybody else has, what everybody else is being served, and we look at what we've been served, whether it be because of our choices or whether it just be life. I, I got news for you. Life isn't fair. It's not fair. That's not in the Bible. It doesn't say life shall be fair. It doesn't say that. And, and life's not always going to be fair, but in the process of things not always being fair, you can still be content. I love what Theodore Roosevelt said. He said, comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. And there's some of us that we're here today, and we're not happy, we're not joyful, because we've been comparing our life instead of living the life that God has blessed us with. So this morning, our text is found in 1 Timothy chapter 6, 
verses 6 through 10, and we're actually going to continue this. So if you've got your Bible, keep like a marker in there, 1 Timothy chapter 6, because um, we're going to go back to this text and pick up in verse 11. And verse 6 and 8 is really a fact that Paul is stating, and then verses 9 through excuse me, 10, is kind of a warning. And, and Paul says this to Timothy, his, his young apprentice. He says, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. <clears throat> After all, we have brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we, can take nothing, we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So, this is a tough phrase, if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Paul is writing this out of a prison. So, so let's bring context to the scripture. He's probably hungry, he's alone, he's starving, he's cold. And he writes from a prison. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. And here comes the warning right after verse 9. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation, fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. The first thing I would want to tell us this morning when it comes to comparison and when it comes to being content is this, if you aren't okay with enough, you'll get ruined by the monster of more. If you aren't okay with enough, you will get ruined by the monster of more. Many of us, we have heard urban legends. We have heard about different monsters that exist. You've heard of Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster, you know, that lives somewhere over in England or Ireland or Scotland, I think it is actually one of those three places. Um, you know, people are, it's, it's real. I swear it's real. Okay, okay, sure. You've heard of the Yeti, you know, and, and here's the deal. I'm the guy that watches the documentary, right? I get sucked in. I'm like, well, maybe, you know, there, may, there might be something to it. I mean, let, let's be honest. Right in Broken Bow, Oklahoma is the birthplace of Bigfoot. That's his home. Come on, Oklahoma. That's something to be proud about right there. Like, you may have mountains, Colorado, and you can ski, and it's awesome, but we have Bigfoot. <laughs> Word. <laughs> and, and why I have never seen any of these urban legends, why I've never seen any of these monsters, and really, let's be honest, probably nobody normal has, right? Because when I see the documentaries, I'm like, yeah, there ain't something right with you. Um, you were on too much crystal meth or something. Um, the... Uh, <laughs> Here's the deal, <laughs> is that I have seen the monster of more wreak havoc in people's lives every week, every day, every month, every season. And you have too. And in our text this morning, there are two words that I want us to break down, and it, it talks content. Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Contentment means satisfaction with one's situation. Satisfaction with one's situation. This is, once again, let's go back to Paul. Paul's writing this from a prison. And he's talking to us about, man, yet godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. That's how you get rich. 
You become like the Lord and you follow him in all your ways. You become godly and you become okay with what situation you find yourself in. And then there's this word, enough. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Enough means simply this, an amount that provides what is needed. An amount that provides what is needed. Not what is wanted, not what is desired, not what is ideal, right? But what is needed. And so, verse 9, I want to go back to, if you can put it back up there, and I want us to put in more, okay? More. So, um, where it says rich, more, because really, it's not so much the money I think is our problem, it's the stuff that money brings, right? We're a victim of wanting to go to Best Buy and buy more stuff, to, to upgrade our car, to upgrade our house. It's more, 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 more. And so, let's read this again, verse 9, but people who long for more fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of more is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving more have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. So, so what do we struggle being content with? What, what's, our, what's the big areas? I, first thing I would say is our jobs. Tomorrow, most of us are going to complain about Monday instead of looking forward to Monday. Oh, it's Monday again. I got to go to work. No, 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 no. It's like when we got a puppy and I'm like, girls, you get to pick up the poop. <laughs> no, you have a puppy. You get to pick its poop up. Other people that don't have a puppy have no poop, but you have a puppy and you get to pick up poop, right? Maybe it's picking up poop, but you got a job. You get, you have, here's what's, you have the ability to make money. You're healthy enough to get up tomorrow morning and go to work. You are, you are educated enough that you got, you live in a country that has enough opportunity that if you work hard, you can make a pretty decent living, right? And yet, what do we do? Oh, if I just get this job, man, I, I will, I'll be set. And you get that job, and you're like, I can't believe I got this job. This is so awesome. I'm getting to do what I've studied for, whether it's college or whether you came out of high school. You got that. I can't believe I've got this opportunity. Man, I can't believe they're paying me to do this. And then two years later, we're griping. We're complaining. We're constantly looking for the next job, the next job, the next job. They don't treat me right. Nobody appreciates me around here. Maybe it's because you keep complaining about having to go into work because what I've noticed is my attitude affects my energy. We complain about our jobs. We complain about our possessions, right? You want to talk about what guys are guilty of? Man, fellas, we compare the cars. We compare the homes. Like, like we walk into somebody's home, we're like, yeah, this costs a lot more than my house, right? All right, look at, look at the rims on that truck. Dang, that's pretty. Not her, the stuff. I've said this, the truck looks good. Not, not her. You know, um, it, it's, it's the whole thing. Man, we start looking at the possessions that people have. 
and I've done this, you've done this. God, God if, if you will just, <laughs> if you will just let me get this house, man, if you'll just let me close on this property and let me get this, I will just thank you every day. I won't gripe. I'll just thank you for it. I'll just sing my way to attorney these things and praises that you blessed me with a truck. You blessed me with a car. You blessed me with an apartment. You blessed me with a house. And after a while, the new wears off and we start comparing and we become discontent with what we have been blessed with. It's our relationships. The person you're sitting by, if you're married, you prayed for that person to come into your life. Hopefully you did. Say, God, man, oh, just let her say yes. Just let her buy into the myth for just a moment, <laughs> right? Welcome to the club. Everybody's like, man, you way out punted your coverage. I know, I got that, and I'm glad I did. Got a strong leg. Um, we, we, you know, we're just, we're, we, we prayed for, for that woman to be in our life. We prayed for that man. God, if you would just bless me with that, that guy, that man, that's, that's the one I want. And yet, we gripe about our spouse more than we compliment our spouse. We gripe, we let the blessings of God turn into the burdens of God because we start comparing, we start, well, why didn't you buy me this for Mother's Day? Let's get real right now this morning. Yeah, that wasn't on my list. We, we become discontent with who God has blessed us with. So, so what, what, what happened, right? We, we, were, we were happy, we were content, we were doing great. What, what happened from the moment we were thankful to now we're griping and we're complaining? What happened? Here's what happens to most of us. Here's where the, the monster of more comes in, is that for most of us, we believe in a land called if only right? Oh, if only you'll do this, I'll be happy. If only you'll do this, then I will be satisfied. If only you'll do this, then I'll be content. And we've gotten the jobs. We've gotten the, the woman. We've gotten the man. We've gotten the kids. We've gotten the house. We've gotten the car. And here it is, is that we believe that if only this happens, then we'll be content. But if only is not a place you arrive to at all. It's a myth. It's, a it's, it's not a destination. Contentment is not a place you arrive to, it's a choice you decide to make. And can I tell you, when Paul says, man, if we have enough, if, if we have enough, we'll be content with that. You learn to be content with enough even though you don't have all you want. And we've become a society that thinks we should have everything we want when that's not the way it works. So how do we get past, how do we keep the monster of more from wreaking havoc in our life? The first thing I would tell us is this, is stop comparing everyone's amazing to your meh. Right? <laughs> stop comparing everybody's amazing to your meh. <laughs> in the Hebrew, that means meh. Um, <clears throat> Benjamin Franklin said this, I love this, contentment makes poor men rich and discontentment makes rich men poor. <clears throat> you want to know how to be rich? Ben Franklin knew the answer a long time ago. Contentment makes poor men rich and discontentment makes rich men poor. 
Um, today, I'm going to talk right now about something that I have no understanding about, and it's called mom guilt. I, I have tapped in and asked my wife for advice on this. I'm like, so I've heard about this thing called mom guilt. How does this whole thing work? Five hours later, I'm still confused. But, but from my understanding, I had to write this down. From my understanding, this is how mom's guilt works. It's a real thing, okay? It's not like this mythical thing. It's not like the Yeti, Bigfoot's real, or Loch Ness Monster. It's a real thing um, that a ton of moms struggle with. And from what I understand, it's a this versus that struggle. When you're doing this, you feel guilty because you're not doing that. When you are doing that, you feel guilty because this is being neglected. I'm confused already, fellas. And the ladies are like, yep, yep, you're on it. Bingo. When you're doing it, something for this kid, you feel guilty because you're not doing it for that kid and you feel like that person's left out. When you're putting your spouse first, you're like, oh, but all my kids are gonna feel neglected. And you carry this mom guilt around. And then there's that one weird specimen that can do it all, right? That super mom, and you're like, how, how, how many maids do you have? How many housekeepers do you, how many nannies do you, how? And you compare their amazing to your, and you feel guilty. And you just kind of trudge through, and to every mom, I want you to know something this morning. You are enough. You are enough, enough, an amount that provides what is needed. Moms, you are exactly what your kids need. You are exactly what your spouse needs. To every person that is in this place, you are enough. God knew the dreams that he was gonna birth inside you. God knew the desires he was going to put in your heart. And stop comparing your meh to everybody's amazing. Stop comparing your blooper reel to everybody's highlight reel. Stop comparing your real life to everybody's social media life because that's not real, right? Stop comparing your man and thinking, I'm never enough, I'm never enough, and understand this morning, you are enough. You are exactly what your kids, what your job, what that opportunity, what that spouse, what your friends need this morning. You are exactly what they need. You don't need to compare because God has put enough of himself in you and has equipped you to run after and to achieve the dreams that he has planted deep into your soul. Stop comparing and get busy living. I love what Matthew chapter 5, verse 5 out of the message says. It says, you're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You want to be rich? Rich people have things that other people can't buy, right? Like, oh, oh, you're, you're not just, like, you're not just well off. Like, you're rich. Like, there's a difference. <laughs> Right? There's a difference between well-off, wealthy, and then rich. Rich, I mean, people, rich people have weird stuff that nobody would buy, but they just run out of stuff to buy. And they're like, I'm going to buy that kite made out of diamonds, and it doesn't even fly. You're like, why? why? 
I saw a gold-plated Bugatti or whatever the car's called. I'm like, why, why would you gold-plate a car? Like, but because you're rich, you're just going to do that. I'm going to waste money here. And here's what the, if you want to be rich, you're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. Be content with who God has made you. You are enough and stop comparing. And here's what I can tell you. It's my last point. Is that what you listen and tether yourself to will determine what you run to. What you listen and tether yourself to will determine, will dictate what you run to. We just came out of the text, started talking, Paul's talking to Timothy, saying, man, stop running after riches. Stop trying to get rich because, man, it leads you to a trap. It will destroy you. It becomes destructive when you're not content. And he says this. He tells Timothy what to run after. Verse 11, but you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Run from these things so that you can run after those things. Run from this so you can run after that. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. And I charge you before God who gives a life to all and before Christ Jesus who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate that you obey this command without wavering, that you be consistent, Timothy. That you stop running after what every, all society is running after and you pursue these things. Instead, you pursue righteousness, a godly life, faith, love, perseverance, gentleness, and you fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life instead of the temporal life. Hold tightly to the eternal life because if you don't it's really easy to let go of what really matters and start chasing after the trinkets many of us that's what we're tying ourselves to it's what we're tethering ourselves to definition for tether is to use a rope or chain to tie around an animal to keep it in a particular area to keep it from wandering off to put it on a leash in essence and you put the spike in the ground you've seen it you know and and you're like okay you can't go any further than that i remember once we were walking in a neighborhood and the person had tethered their dog to this spike but i couldn't see the the like the leash and this thing came jumping at me and casey and i got like to right there and i'm right here and it's barking and snarling and i screamed like a little girl and then i realized it's on a leash and the owner's out there i'm like you should be ashamed of yourself you know i kept walking casey's like easy I'm like, that's just stupid, scaring people like that. What if I was a little kid? She's like, you scream like a little girl? I was like, hey. <laughs> See, many of us, we're tethering, we're tying ourselves to things that don't matter, right? Oh, my business needs to be bigger. I, I need to make more money. I need to do better. Oh, it's great to do better, and there's nothing wrong with improving yourself, but that's not what you're supposed to run after. That's not what you're supposed to run towards. 
Oh, but, 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 you know, I've got to do more of this and I've got to do more of that and more and more and more. And, and you've heard it, man, and the monster of more starts creeping in and we just keep running after more and we've tethered ourselves to more and we've realized we've started running after the wrong thing and everything has come unbalanced. And it's funny. When you and I, it can be with good motives. When we start trying to achieve more and it can be for a good reason, it's amazing how unbalanced our life becomes. But when we start running and we start tethering ourselves to the thing God tells us to run after, righteousness, godliness, love, persistence, faith, peace, joy, it's amazing when we start running after the things God has called us to run after and we tether ourselves to that, how balanced our life becomes. More brings unbalance, running after the things that God tells us to run after brings more balance. This morning, if your life feels super unbalanced, if everything feels chaotic, there's seasons of chaos. We're in one right now, Casey and I. It's chaos right now. Can I tell you, there's still balance because we're trying to run after the things God has called us to run after and to be rich in. Every four years, the U.S. sends a team of blind runners to compete at the Summer Paralympic Games. But without sight, you're probably thinking, like me, how do they make their way around the track? And the answer is simple, the buddy system. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but track and field athletes with severe visual impairments are paired with guides right here. Sighted runners who match them step for step, calling out potential obstacles and keeping the athletes informed of how far they have left to go. I love this illustration. Guides and runners are also connected at the wrist by a small piece of rope called a tether, which helps the runner stay aligned in his or her lane. In months before Rio, Avery, and Brown, right here, Brown's the sprinter um, with the, 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 the blind runner, and Avery's his guide. Avery and Brown trained every day from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. at the Olympic Training Center in Chula Vista, California. The intense schedule ensured that on race day, the two are totally in sync. During races, Avery, the guide, says that he tries to paint a picture of his surroundings for Brown, yelling out when they've hit the 10-meter mark, the 20-meter mark, and so on. And he also saves energy to cheer his partner on while they finish for the sprint. I love this. I, I, I could not make a better illustration right now. Because I love that his shirt says guide. It, it, what are you tethering yourself to? Because if it's not the Holy Spirit, can I tell you, you're going to start running after the wrong thing and you're going to be let down and you're not going to finish the race. But when we tether ourselves to the Holy Spirit and he's not in front of us and he's not behind us, we don't get ahead, we don't get behind, but we just walk step in step with the Holy Spirit and we allow his voice to say, man, there's an obstacle, there's danger coming this way. Proverbs says the, the wise man sees danger ahead. 
and avoids it, but the fool keeps going on and gets in trouble. Are you allowing him to tell you, man, there's trouble coming your way? Veer right, veer left, take action. Man, I know you're tired, but you just got a little bit further to run. Keep going, keep going. I love that they spend enough time together that the blind man recognizes his guide's voice. He can recognize it above all the other guides. He can recognize it above the crowd noise because they've spent time together. They've been tethered together for a while. And can I tell you, the more time you spend, the more time you spend listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, the better of a guide he is for your life. He doesn't let you get in your own way. He keeps you from going into danger. He keeps you from not quitting. And he says, I know you're tired and I know you want to run after what's not really important. I know that's what your flesh wants to run after, but keep going, man. You're so close. Keep running the race that matters. Don't sway from it. Stay consistent. Persevere. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I know you're discouraged. Keep going. I know you're worn out. Keep going. Man, you're so close. Don't give up. I know everybody else has counted you out. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. That's how the Holy Spirit wants to work in your life, but you got to tether yourself to him. You got to tether yourself to him. Check out what it says in Galatians 5.16. He says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. John 16.13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He'll guide you into all truth. There was one race that Jerome Avery fell the guide. He fell. Took David Brown down with him. Wasn't able to finish the race because his guide failed. He blew the race for David Brown. All the training, everything, he failed because the guide failed. Can I tell you, some of you, you may be hesitant because you've been burned by church. This morning, I'm not inviting you to tether yourself to me. Oh, no, we're going to go to crazy directions if that happens. You're going to be a bipolar Christian. You're up, you're down, you're everywhere. You're like, what's, 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 what's happening right now? I'm not asking you to tether yourself to the church, to Foundation Church. I love Foundation Church, and God's doing great things, but he doesn't call us to tether ourselves to Foundation Church. Not even to your connect group. I love connect groups. But can I tell you, they're all full of people. And people do dumb things, and we mess up, and we hurt people, even when it's not on purpose. This morning, you may be burned. You may feel like your guide dropped the ball and fell, and you crashed and burned this morning, but I invite you, stop tethering yourself to Christianity and tether yourself to Christ. Man, tether yourself to the Holy Spirit, because what I can tell you is this, he will never ever fail you. He will never lead you in the wrong way. And he keeps you running in your lane. He keeps you from looking left and right. And if you tether yourself to the Holy Spirit, he'll say, man, keep going. Keep running. Stop comparing and run the race that I've set before you. Don't waver. Don't be inconsistent but run after what matters. Because here's the thing, and I think I share this sentiment with every single person in this place. 
I don't want to come close to the life that God has for me. I don't want to come close to that life that Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. I don't want to have the abundant life. I want to have the more abundant life. I want to have that life that counts for every step. And the only way that every step, every day, every week, every month happens and it matters and you run the race you're supposed to run is if you tether yourself to the right thing, the right person being the Holy Spirit. Because he will lead you, he will guide you, and he'll show you what it really means to be rich. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. And Lord, I pray right now, first off, for moms that are in this place. God, there's so many times that we get into the comparison game. We compare everybody else's highlights to our, man, just our mess-ups. We think our family would be better someday if they had a different mom, a different person, if our spouse would be better if they had a, a different spouse. And, and, and we just spend our lives comparing instead of living the life that you called us to. God, I pray this morning that we would understand that you have made us enough. You have created us and you have fastened us in your image to be enough. Lord Jesus, we we know the verse in Philippians 4.13 that says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But when we understand the context of that, it means I can be content whatever my circumstances. Comes right after that verse. And so, Lord, this morning, whether our situation is great, whether we're in want, whether we're in need, I pray that as Philippians 4 talks about, that we would learn to be content in whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. Lord, some of us, we may have a whole lot of wants that have gone unmet. But Lord, let us be content with the enough you have blessed us with. God, that it's sufficient to meet our need. And I pray that we would stop waiting to be content when we arrive to the if-only destination. God, that we would stop chasing more. And God, we would just tether our lives to you. And that you would guide. You would direct. And that we would fight the good fight and run the good race. Be our guide and let us be intentional about listening and tethering ourselves to you so that we may run towards the things you're calling us to instead of the things our sinful nature craves. It's in Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here, but I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you a chance to change that. This morning, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here and I just need to recommit my life to him because I'm not where I should be. I'm not where I need to be in my relationship with Jesus Christ. This morning, this may be your first time at Foundation Church. Let me assure you, we're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you out. We're not going to make you leave this room and go somewhere else. We're just going to ask you to raise your hand and put it back down. And we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life because we believe God sees a hand and he changes a heart. And when I get to three, if that's you, I just invite you to 
to make the best decision that you will ever make in your life to tether yourself to the thing that really does matter and will get you to the place that you really want to be and that's heaven and that's eternity with him forever and ever if that's you when i get to three raise your hand one two three is there anyone in this place you say justin that's me there's one hand is there anyone else you join this one hand that is lifted before we go any further today there's two hands is there anyone else you join these two hands that are lifted before we go any further if you can raise them real high yeah there's three hands is there anyone else is there anyone else before we go any further anyone else now, if you raised your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, and I'm just not where I need to be. And so, God, I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that your grace and love would enter my life. God, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Can we give these three individuals that raised their hand a huge round of applause? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.